You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Hello and welcome to another hour accentuating the positive here on Soul Traveller Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain. I'm a teacher of deliberate creation, a channel and a medium, channeling wisdom from my guides and broader perspective whom I've called blissful beings. On Accentuate the Positive, you'll hear conversations with open hearts and inspired minds. It's my intent to put more love out through our media. It's so important to have a media diet that uplifts you, empowers you, and reminds you of who you really are, instead of a lot of the media that we get that puts you in fear. So this is why I present the show. I've got some wonderful guests lined up for you. Please subscribe and support positive media. You can stay up to date with the show on Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain on Facebook or go to karenswain.com and you'll see most of the podcasts there. I've got another beautiful open heart and inspired creative mind to chat with us today, Awakening Consciousness. She is an indie artist, singer-songwriter Mimi Gilbert, who has been busking around the world, inspiring people and delighting them. Welcome to the show, Mimi. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So delighted to have Mimi on the show. You'll hear her music soon, but her voice is just exquisite. I love showcasing artists writing from their soul and speaking to other people's souls. And I think that your words in your music really does this. Now, I first met Mimi a couple of years ago here in Sydney. Mimi is obviously from the States. She's in the States right now. Where are you at the moment? Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. So it's the 20th of September as we record this in Portland, Oregon, but I'm in Sydney, Australia, and it's International Peace Day at the moment. So happy Peace Day to everybody (laughs) as I record this. And I first met Mimi a couple of years ago in Bondi. She was singing at a soiree that I went to, and I was just blown away by your your tone and your music, and I'm a huge fan. But what's more interesting about Mimi that I found fascinating is that she has been busking around the world with her music. Talk about brave. I couldn't do it. Most people are terrified to sing in front of people at all, but busking to strangers around the world. (laughs) Let's start from the beginning, Mimi. When did you know that you wanted to be a singer? I always had music in our family. I started to sing in my own time when I was maybe 14. And didn't like singing in front of people ever. So really? I, didn't, I didn't think that that would be something I did. So I started to sing in front of people when I, when I was 16, very hesitantly. Singing was never something I thought I would do because it was, I've always been pretty closed off in terms of sharing personal things. And to me, singing is very vulnerable. Yes. I think it, I, I don't know, it just, it just felt like it needed to happen I remember when I was five or six years old, my mom was amazing. And she took us, when me and my brother, when we were younger, to see musical theater. She was a dancer. And I remember watching um, Les Mis in L.A. for the first time. And my brother and I went straight down to the music pit and just stared inside. And I think at that moment, I knew that I wanted to make music. But I didn't think that that would be singing. Um, Playing guitar and other instruments came first. So when did you first start singing? I started singing in high school. I remember I was very nervous. It was very secret. It was like a mission to be, it was like a secret mission. I I felt so private about it that I wouldn't even want to do it in my own room if, if anyone was home. So I think I must have been 13. And I started, because I played guitar for longer than I had sing. So I remember we lived on an orange orchard. I'd go out far enough away so people couldn't hear me and I would I would sing a little bit and that's where I remember writing my first song so what was your first song what did you write about uh it's like it's actually kind of a funny story because I have no idea what it was I wrote it on you know a lined piece of paper with pencil it was so special to me it was probably really cheesy lyrics you know but I took that piece of paper and hid it under a um 
we built a tree house and I hid it underneath a one of those wood planks. And then when I went to find it like a week later, all the, um, you know, the pencil writing had faded off. It probably got wet. <laughs> so it was, I don't know what the song was, but it probably wasn't a great song, but that was the first time I remember writing something. You know, singing in front of people is, I find it terrifying. Like I can belt out a tune but I find it terrifying to sing in front of people and yet I find talking in front of people no problem but Uh it's interesting everyone has a different fear I remember meeting a singer-songwriter years ago who could stand on stage and sing anything she was magnificent young girl and but she couldn't talk in front of anyone she couldn't even hold a conversation with a stranger like she was terrified about people but yet she could get on stage and maybe she could be another person Mm -hmm. but she was magnificent on stage but singing is such a vulnerable thing I don't know I think that my perfectionism doesn't allow me to hit the wrong note you know what I mean like I've got a great ear for music so when I hear myself not hit the right note I go oh that sounds terrible yeah definitely (laughs) so tell me how did you get over the fear of singing in front of people well, one of the one of the main events that sticks out to me was I was walking down the street and there was a 13-year-old boy playing guitar on the side of the street and he was playing through this certain amp and I just watched him and there was other people around um, giving him tips and just watching him and I loved the thought of that and that night I went and bought um, the same amp he had on eBay or something and um, it was more appealing to me to sing in front of strangers than it was in front of one person that I knew. So that's how I got, got over that. I think street performing was a big part of that because it was so anonymous and that felt safe, safer than playing it in front of someone I know. I saved up my money when I was 15 and bought a my first Mac computer. Yeah. I knew it had GarageBand on it and so I would record things. And so I remember sharing one of the first songs I recorded with a friend. So the first time I ever shared, wasn't it wasn't in a live setting, so it was a little bit easier. But then the first time I think I played live, my own songs was um, on the street. And also I was playing music in a church band. And then I started to sing background vocals, but that's that felt different to me than singing my own lyrics. So I got this computer when I was 15 and I had a bad experience the first time I shared it. I just had a bad experience because they like wanted to share it with everyone and I was so embarrassed. So I thought I'm never going to share anything again with someone that knows me. So I went on MySpace and I created a fake account. Bob Ravioli was my name. You can, it's still up there actually. I would put songs on there and then go on to Yahoo Answers. You know, it's a forum where you can ask questions and people will answer you. And I would put a link to this and through my anonymous Yahoo Answers account would ask for people's honest critiques or feedback. And then people would people were actually quite supportive. They would respond and give me critiques and then encourage me. But I knew it was unbiased. You know, I knew it wasn't just my mom being like, it sounds great, even if it didn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I suggest that to anyone that's afraid of sharing the music, do it anonymously. Yeah, so you just didn't want your family members to say, oh, it's great, it's great. You wanted people to, like, really yeah, say, yeah, well, this could be, you could do this a bit better, you could do that right. a bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also didn't like thinking people that knew me personally would try and analyze lyrics and go, oh, you know, what's actually going on in her private life? Because I was so private. Not like I had things to hide, but, you know, I just was very guarded. Shy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was terrifyingly shy when I was young. So shy that if a teacher spoke to me when I was a kid, I'd just burst into tears rather than speak to them. Oh, really? I mean, getting yeah. over shyness is huge. And singing, that's the way to do it. But yeah, it's a really, it's really vulnerable to sing because you're, I don't know, you can't hide yourself in a way when you sing. You just can't hide yourself. It, it comes from yeah. that place inside you that is you it's just that vulnerable place it's you so if you're trying to hide yourself in any way when you're singing it's just not going to happen and in fact being shy really you know you see all these shows on television where people go on and competitions and being shy I think really inhibits you allowing that authenticity and that voice to come out too Mm -hmm. so you obviously got over that oh yeah I work on it I think I'm reserved. Like, I don't know if I'm, if I was shy, but 
Is there a difference between shy and guarded? Because I wasn't afraid of talking to people ever, but of relaying personal information. That's where I wouldn't. And for me, the songs I've always written have been so personal or heartfelt that that was why it was hard. Um, I think it just took time and I knew that it was important to sing. So the, the joy of it outweighed the fear. When you listen back to your first songs, did they sound good or bad to you? Oh, they're so bad. <laughs> they're so embarrassing to me. <laughs> There's a one song that I wrote for my friend. I since have deleted it off of wherever it was, maybe MySpace and my computer. And some friends, when we talk about those days, still say that they saved it on their computer. And I'm so embarrassed because it's such, I sound so different. Yeah. And um yeah. I think you sound different in two years actually. I think your voice is sounding better and better. Every time I hear you sing, you just get better and better. I, I guess it takes, you know, it's just practice too and getting into the groove. But um I love the tone of your voice. So what's the first song that you wrote that you were really happy with? Well, I was really happy with it at the time. At the time. It was called Don't Walk Yet. And I remember the kind of feeling that that I wanted it to give to maybe other people, I felt like it was giving to me. So I, I actually enjoyed listening to it, which isn't always the case, you know, listening to your own music. Yeah, yeah. So what was the feeling you were trying to give to yourself or give to other people? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know if I could articulate it in words, which is probably why I wrote the song. It just had a lot of passion or I'm trying my best, but I don't think I can put it into words. Well, let's have a listen to it, shall we? That song is buried well. It's gone. It's gone. I, it might be on that anonymous MySpace. Um, but I can talk about another song that's there. Yep. A song I really liked was Strangers Won't Exist, which is on the latest album. Yeah. That's the name of the latest album. Yeah. And, and I felt moved by it, even though it was my own song. It felt somehow separate from me. I love that name, Strangers Won't Exist. What do you mean by that? I've really been taught so much as a person and who, who I am is a lot of it is owing to my experience of street performing. Strangers Won't Exist was written because of street performing. I think you just, you just people watch all the time and you're watching strangers pass each other on the street all the time. It made me question why we are the way we are as society and watching strangers pass one another, always kind of timid to meet each other's eye or then seeing also this like undercurrent of people that don't want to be strangers with the world that they want to be connected to each other and I feel that I'm I'm that way I want there to be a lack of everyone feeling alone I don't want everyone to feel alone because I think we're so much more one than we acknowledge and Strangers Won't Exist that song in particular came out of a season I was living in New Zealand busking almost every day and I, I was just amazed, you know, after a few weeks of living there. People that I had met on the street were treating me like they had known me a long time. Just exchange, the exchange of trust was amazing. And I thought, what what a wonderful world it would be if we could trust people more. Even if we don't think that they deserve our trust, I just think it would attract more trustworthy character in people. Let's have a listen to Strangers Won't Exist.
Strangers Won't Exist. That's off Mimi Gilbert's latest album. When did you release that last album? February of this year. And Mimi's been busking around the world. The song was talking about Strangers Won't Exist because, you know, you see so many strangers. I'd love to hear some of your stories from busking around the world. Where was the first place? Because I met you in Australia. You came Mm -hmm. out here and then you said to me one day, I'm going to New Zealand. I said, where are you going? You said, Wellington I said why and he said I don't know I just I've got to go to Wellington so it's yeah. kind of like you were just going where you were called or just where you were prompted to go what uh-huh. was the first place you you know went to overseas busking did you did you travel the states or did you come straight to Australia I busked in America for a few years before I moved to Australia so Australia was the first well Canada technically was the first country other than America that I busked in before Australia brother and I, he's a drummer, we would busk up the west coast of North America quite a bit when we both had the time to do it. So we went up to Vancouver and busked there. But all the times on the west coast was were so amazing. That's really where I started street performing the most was on the west coast. And what made you come to Australia? I came for college. I don't know if I moved there planning to street perform. I must have though because I brought my equipment. And then started to play a lot in the Sydney Station Tunnel and in Coogee and met so many amazing people through that. But before I moved to Sydney, the times of playing in like Los Angeles and San Diego, San Francisco, all the cities going west had so many memories. And it was me and my brother that were playing a lot then. And what's some of the things that you learnt busking or street performing? To be honest, The things that impacted me the most through street performing were the street community, people that lived on the street, street Mm -hmm. youth, um, homeless people. When my brother and I would play on the street, we would be living out of his truck. The first time we went, we didn't have room to fit in his truck because we brought, you know, we brought a lot of stuff. So we'd sleep in random places. The first time I went on that trip, I I was 16 and he wasn't 18 yet. He would have been 17. So it's quite crazy to think the places we were going and how it could have been dangerous, but we didn't think of it that way at all. You know, we might have been, I remember one particular time we were street performing in San Francisco at Fisherman's Wharf. We would sleep in one of the wharfs. There'd be other homeless people sleeping there too. And it just made such an impact on me because people are always talking about being cautious and being afraid of certain kinds of people, but we just didn't have any fear and it was so resounding the fact that people are better than they are bad when we went on these trips and just learned to trust and so that's what impacted me the most on these street performing all the time was the street community or people that are also you know in some sense of the word working the street or that's their living room 
It's such a great message. I guess your mum was was pretty yeah. brave letting a 16 and a 17-year-old go off busking by themselves. And Yeah. But at the same time, you know, law of attraction says whatever you put out, you get back, you know, and you're, and you said you weren't afraid, you were interested in these people, you felt connected to these people. And so only good things came back to you. You didn't have any, I mean, I hitchhiked as a young girl with two Swedish girls, like I'm like 18, 19, I hitchhiked Mm. around Europe, which most parents would say, that's crazy to do that. But I had no problem. We had big trucks pick us up and I had no problem hitchhiking around Europe for ages and um, only good things happen. So, yeah, it's like what you put out comes back. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it's interesting to see how many people live afraid when probably it's unnecessary. And that's probably why there are strangers on the street. International Peace Day, even if you're watching this and it's not International Peace Day, you can still go outside and smile at a stranger, talk to a stranger, talk to someone in the supermarket queue or the train queue. We call them queue lines. I don't know, in the States you call them lines, I think. (laughs) You know, make a stranger a friend. Strangers don't exist. Mm -hmm. So you had your brother with you when you were in the States, but how was it busking by yourself when you were down under? I think the first place I played was in the tunnel. Yeah. And um, I'd play, I actually didn't like to go during the rush hour. So I'd go after the rush hour, maybe 7 p.m. till whenever. It could have been 2 in the morning. I like the tunnel because the acoustics are great and it's always light in there. I had really good experiences. I kept a book of like what would happen if something happened that was a standout memory. I'd write it down and I ought to one day put those on my computer or something and go back because so many times I'd get done with busking just so high on life and how spontaneous meeting of people, something that would happen or an exchange that was made between me and some random person that could never be planned for. So I had an incredible time in the tunnel and made some friends there that are still probably busking there every week. It didn't worry you that people were just like walking past you and not really listening? No, it didn't. And at first I preferred that because I didn't like having someone that was listening. I think that's because I was shy, you know, as we were saying in the beginning. But street performing, if you're a musician, I really think it teaches you to not have, to not feel entitled to people's attention or something, which isn't important. You have to have thick skin like that anyway, I think. Otherwise you'll be let down at some point, you know, in some bar where everyone's talking over you. So I think being on the street, when people pay attention, it's actually such a gift because you know that they're not there to listen to live music. You know that they're going from A to B. So it makes it more special. And the amount of people that would stop would sometimes surprise me, especially if it was in an environment where people actually could congregate and not get in the way of other pedestrians. Yeah. So what song should we play now? Should it be one from the new album or? What about A Thousand Smiles? Yeah, that's a good one. I wrote that right before I moved to Sydney. Did you? Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. So this new album, what was the album you had before that? Yeah, the album before was a collection of um, recordings I did myself or other people did in their home studios. So it was a, a collection of songs. They were recorded in Australia and in different cities in the States. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a random mix, home recording stuff. Well, let's have a listen to A Thousand Smiles. A thousand smiles, they fill my glass. They make it so it's almost half filled. Only you can do this, only you can do. Just hold me till there's no more pain. And talk me right out of my brain. Cause only 
Smiles by Mimi Gilbert. You're with Karen, accentuating the positive here on Soul Traveller Radio. I'm chatting with singer-songwriter, indie artist Mimi Gilbert, who has been busking around the world. Let me call it street performing. She calls it street performing. She's been brave as anything. I couldn't do it. I'll tell you what, I couldn't do it. So I first met Mimi a couple of years ago in Sydney. And after you finished your studies here in Sydney, you headed off to Wellington, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Why did you go to Wellington, New Zealand? What was calling you over there? I met a few friends in Australia that were Kiwis. Right. So I always liked Kiwis. And I started listening to this artist named Tiny Ruins fell in love with that music and I kind of think sometimes major life decisions are based on a whim yeah well at least for me sometimes they have been and I googled where this was coming from and I heard a couple other musicians like this and it was from New Zealand and they all kind of added up and getting a passport um sorry a visa was very easy it was really close to Australia so it just felt right in so many ways and I don't know how to explain it, it just felt like the right thing to do so I didn't know anyone that lived there. I know. I tried to put you in contact with a friend of mine, but that didn't work out. But you found your way. You landed on your feet. Yeah, it was amazing. It was very, I felt very lucky and very blessed by a lot of people there. Interestingly enough, I've never been to Wellington, New Zealand, but my father was born in Wellington, New Zealand and, uh, and his family. Yeah, and then my friend Gertrude was living there. She's not living there anymore. She's now living in the States. But it's a place I've never been to and yet I've got these family ties. You know, I've heard yeah. windy Wellington. Is it really windy over there? Yeah, I have a top hat that I like to busk with. And literally the first week, because I used to put the top hat on my guitar case walking away, it literally blew away. And I couldn't find it. <laughs> so I thought it was so funny, you know. I went and took my hat. So what were some of the things that you learned street performing in Wellington, New Zealand? Uh, street performing in New Zealand was amazing, especially Cuba Street in Wellington. I just can't say enough how much of an incredible time I had. The first week I was living in hostels, I started street performing and met people like so many different things happened. I think the first the first week I met someone who offered me to stay in their house and it felt a little bit sketchy, but it felt like I should push through and, and say yes and stay there. So I did and they lived right on the top of Cuba Street. So I had a place to stay. Over the time of a month, there were people that gave me three, I had three house keys where people said you can come shower, you know, sleep anytime you need. And I just fell in love with the street. There's a lot of people that sell their art there and play music. 
Okay, well, we're going to play a couple more songs off the new album, Strangers Won't Exist. The first one is Give It All. I love that one. And another one of my favourites, just love it, I've Got Love. You're listening to Karen on Soul Traveller Radio, the home of conscious music. I'm chatting with indie artist, singer-songwriter Mimi Gilbert. More after this. Love, 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 love it out Oh, love, 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 love it out Life's too short to hold it inside Hey, life's too short to hold it inside And if you got a heart, then hug, 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 hug it out Just a blink Life's too short To care what others think Smile with me Hey, smile with me Smile with me Don't wear that frown on your face I am blessed And so lucky I'm so blessed Don't let me ever complain I've got love I've got love I've got love I've got love Oh, 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 oh,
just won't get full. Go lift your eyes a little bit more, my dear friend. Just do your best. We'll pick you up. I'll hold your hand. Yes, I'll hold it. I've got love. I've got love. I've got love. I've got love. got love we've all got love you're listening to Karen accentuating the positive here on the home of conscious music soul traveler radio let's talk love I'm talking with Mimi Gilbert who is an indie artist street performer singer-songwriter who has some amazing songs about love and acceptance and we've played a couple of them I want to talk about the sound of you tell me what that song's about I wrote the sound of you in Australia I was living in a tall apartment complex at the time. And there was a, a staircase, you know, that runs through the whole apartment. And so a few of us musicians lived in the building and we'd go in that stairwell to write songs because it just sounds beautiful. And I wrote the song, I think at the time I really just needed to feel like I was sinking into love or sometimes when I'm playing it live, I'll say that the song was about, is about getting a hug from the sky or something, whatever, whatever it is you believe in, God or love, something bigger than everyone. And so I wrote that song about this image of sinking into that. And actually, now that I'm talking about it, I remember I had this dream. I was really angry about some personal things that were happening in my life. And in the dream, there was a huge person with a white t-shirt on, like a white cotton shirt. This person, this being or whatever was love itself and I was punching it in the chest <laughs> really angry you know trying to like rip it the shirt and stuff but the person wasn't being hurt by it and just kept hugging me and if you listen to the song some of the lyrics kind of point to that you know I want to I want to sink right in under your chin and I in the dream I couldn't see the person's head it's just their chest down and talking about how much love moves me and holds me and keeps me, even when I'm trying to run away or beat it up or be against it. Yeah. And if you listen to the song, it, it sort of talks about that all the way through full circle, even through my failures. Actually, I remember seeing you, I think it was at Hibernian House. Is that how you say it? How do you say it? Hibernian. Uh, Hibernian. Hibernian House which is this amazing venue in Sydney it's the most I was blown away when I went there you wouldn't even know it exists it's just like a it's just like a door in a street you you walk past it and you've got to ring a bell and you go into this corridor which is completely graffitied and up this lift which is completely graffitied and then you go into like an apartment it's just anyway and and you were there with fairy lights around you and Sarah Rowandale was painting uh-huh. in the background and her husband was playing the cello and you were singing that song. And I was absolutely mesmerised thinking, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like that whole night was an amazing night that, at the Hibernium House. And yeah. It's like you're sitting in someone's lounge room. It's rather a large lounge room. It's dark and someone, you know, these singers, songwriters get up on stage. It was just beautiful. Let's play the sound yeah. of you, shall we? To fall asleep To the sound of you I cannot see your face But I can hear you breathing And you do that so well 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 to sink right in under your chin I cannot see your face but I can hear the 
pace of your heart and it's beating so loud it's beating so loud it's beating so loud it's beating so about I could talk about it being vague <laughs> and it always means something new <laughs> I'm here with Mimi Gilbert we're talking about her new album which is called Strangers Won't Exist and I love the name of it and one of the most um, Mimi was back in Australia for a really brief visit and I went to see your show your first solo show in Sydney Australia yay yeah. I'm sitting in the back there thinking oh my god this she's amazing she's amazing but you sang one of the most vulnerable songs I've he- heard you sing and that was the Corinthian song and mm. <laughs> you said that you might be vague about it because it's so personal what's that one about so that song I have different answers for what it means because it it means a lot of different things to me and it it's written in a duet sort of form um, similar to the last song I was talking about between the ultimate love or the ultimate acceptance and myself and me being not nearly good enough for that you know and so it kind of talks it's a duet between the two things me and where I want to be me and God me and love me and you know all these sort of things so it's a duet between the two coming together and meeting meeting up especially when I'm feeling unworthy for it and I think I love this imagery it's used a lot in like old biblical scripture. And I love the imagery of a pot with a light in it. And when the pot is broken, it's when the goodness can shine out sort of thing. Yeah. And so I, I often view that when a pot is broken, when I'm broken and when I can be vulnerable 
is actually when love and grace can come out most you know it's when it's when i'm proud and think i have everything together that actually nothing is done for other people um so i'm still learning how to be vulnerable not very good at it especially in spoken word <laughs> in a very general way that's what that song's about yeah it's it's so true i think people's vulnerability is their most delicious delicious thing to watch actually to to be a part of to be involved in is being there in someone's vulnerability and you know I think even even television has realized that like news readers would sort of sit there and look perfect and tell the news and now they make mistakes and laugh and it's so much more engaging in their vulnerability when they make mistakes and they forget their line they fluff their lines you're Mm -hmm. like you're listening you're like your your attention is there you're yeah. engaged it's relatable because yeah. we all make mistakes you know we're this human condition it's not easy being human and we all make lots of mistakes so seeing other people make mistakes too makes you think oh god they're not perfect they're just like me <laughs> yeah yeah it brings us closer together it brings us closer together. Yeah. Mimi Gilbert, it's been just such a pleasure talking with you today. We'll go out with the Corinthians song. Thank you so much Thanks for having me. Any last messages for people listening? Try and I'm gonna try and work on this myself, but try and work on being honest with other people. Beautiful. Thank you, honey one. Thank you. I'm boasting every day I'm weak My body leads me astray I am glad That this is hurting me Closer to your face I'm closer to your face I grieve Because you stay the same Don't be so blind It's not as if there's blood in your side When you are weak Don't you know the strength that's in me Now I'm closer to your face I'm closer to your face I am coming, I am calling you 
show accentuating the positive here on the home of conscious music soul traveler radio remember to support conscious music consciousness go to soul traveler radio on facebook and accentuate the positive radio with karen swain on facebook check out my website karenswain.com for any readings and teachings available about spiritual deliberate creation for the change makers difference makers and disruptors catch you next time thanks for listening bye for now Clap on me.